0: The message. Ralph Peterson put the Bible in a terminology that this generation uh, not only can understand and grasp, but have fun with. It's very, it's very neat. Uh, there's also a King James, uh, if you know me, if you've been around me very long, I have memorized too many scriptures out of this translation to change. I, I, I will probably never memorize from another translation. But I thank God for the Word of God that He's given to us. And when I think, hey, there's money in my, in my my Bible. How cool is that? Uh, when you talk about when you talk about timing, and you talk about being where God wants you to be and doing what God wants you to do, remind me to tell you about the birthday card. Remind me to tell you about the texting before before we leave this morning. Those two things. And I want to make sure there are a lot of things that God gives us that we do not use. Wow, quiet hear money drop. There are things that God gives us that we do not use. There are things that we depend other people to bring to us or do for us that God wants us to do for ourselves. It's a scary day when Oral Roberts took his hand and laid hands upon himself. He was healed. How cool is that? God anointed his hands, but sometimes we're so busy doing stuff for other people that we don't do stuff for ourselves, and there are promises or things in the Word of God that God wants you to have, that He wants us to have. That it's there we see it, but we don't take advantage of it. Look at somebody and say, "But we don't take advantage of it." This morning, and I don't, I don't have it. This morning, something was brought to me. I allowed some of the guys at the ranch uh, to read one of my books. Over three thousand books in my library. So if you're bored. And you don't have anything to read, or you don't feel like you've got stuff that will help you grow. I've got, I've got, I've got volumes here that I think will be a blessing to you. But one of the guys was reading one of my books that I gave them, and there was an envelope in the book, uh, and it was addressed to me. And so they handed it to me, and I got it out, and it was a birthday card from my mom, from 2007, and it had a hundred dollar check in it, a hundred dollar check in it. And I got to looking at that, and I, and, and someone said is any good i said well it wouldn't matter anyway i'm not going to cash it now i mean it was i mean was, i wish my mom would have told me hey that check never cleared i would have had to write me another one but it's like it's like something was given to me to bless me but i did not take advantage of it can anybody relate the book is so full and if you're not going through things and getting adamant and getting militant over what god has for you listen the kingdom of god suffereth violence but the violet take the kingdom by force. Just because the boss said you're going to lose your job does not mean that God's not going to give you a better job. Just because you're a place the boss says you're not going to get a raise does not mean that God cannot orchestrate a raise. Just because you're a place where it says you don't have enough credits to graduate, you don't know how many credits you have that God has been watching over and God can provide and God can take care of you. When I think of missed opportunities, I also I also think about distractions. yesterday, uh, was the opening day to bow season, and uh, we had a very wonderful evening the night before in Atlanta at the Fox. We had a blast. Went and ate at my first Brazilian steakhouse, and I promise you it would not be my last. I intend to go back. It was an incredible adventure, but we did not get back into Cleveland till about 1.30, and I think I had about 13 cups of coffee, so I did not go to sleep at 1.30. Anyway, when 6 a.m. rolled, I actually got up at 6 a.m. I said, now, I'm not going out in the woods today. I'm going to sleep in. I think I slept in until about noon. But yesterday evening, we made it to the woods. We got there on time. We got in the stand, pulled the crossbow up at the right place at the right time. And so I decided to start texting. And what is so funny, when I get in a tree stand, I text everybody that I know that's probably in a tree stand. So I texted seven or eight other hunters. And while I'm just texting away, all of a sudden to my right, where I should have been looking the whole time, there was a gorgeous uh, gray fox. I mean, he was right there. Within 20 yards, right. I had planned the shot. Everything was ready. Well, I had to take I had to take my phone and my glasses and put them in my pocket and get my bow. And when I went to get my bow, he looked up and saw me and ran off. I did not get a shot yesterday. I know people that have hunted all their life. I've never seen a fox in a tree stand. I've harvested three with the bow. But just something that, that I like to do. To me, a fox or a bobcat is more of a, a trophy than a, than a deer because they're harder to. Am I telling the truth, Pastor Bryce? I mean, they're harder. They're. They're very intelligent, they know, and they, a, a coyote can actually duck an arrow, that's how smart the animal kingdom is. Can't duck my arrow, bless God, I got those super, super fast arrows. But it was like, I'm sitting there going, okay, I probably through the years, I mean, not not this year, but probably with the purchase of the 4 or with the purchase of the crossbow, the arrows, the camouflage, the soap, the spray, the, all that, I, I probably spent $10,000 in my life to harvest one little fox and there I was at the place, could have done it, and did not take opportunity because I was distracted. Don't let things in life distract you from what's important in your life. Don't, don't, don't get in other people's stuff or don't worry about other people. Or for goodness sakes, please don't let people take you away or tear you away from where God wants you to be, for what God wants you to do, because God is in control, and he's watching your life, and he wants to do stuff for you. Last week, we talked about tattoos and scars. This week, I want to talk about scars and tattoos, and when I think about scars, and we all have a scar. How many How many knows it? How many, you you do not have a scar. Where are you today? You do not have a scar. Where Anybody not have a scar? You do not have a scar. Let me see your hand. You do not have a scar. Okay, everybody has a scar. May I ask what that scar that brings us all into into common ground? We all have a belly button. Yes, that was not that was not given to us at birth. The doctor yanked us out of a nice warm fuzzy warm place and and, and yanked us out stark naked. I mean, no 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 feeling about that we were not dressed. We were just stark. We were out there naked. And then he cut the one thing that tied us to mom that we've become connected to for nine months. And every single one of us have a belly button. And with the exception of two, every people in the world has a belly button. That's what connects us together. And the fact that you have a belly button says that you survived. You could have died in the womb. You could have been abandoned. You could have been you could have been left somewhere to die. But, but your parents thought enough of what was in their womb to bring you into this world, to give you a chance chance to have life, to give you a chance to drink Dr. Pepper and eat popcorn, and give you a chance to experience the things of God. I think we should give all of our parents a hand clap of appreciation. No matter how mad or angry or what they did afterwards, they brought us into this world, and that is a scar of victory. When I think of scars, I think of the first scar. I think of the scar in the garden. I think in six days, God did everything perfect immaculate there was no flaw there was no blemish there was no negative whatsoever and the sixth day when he made man and man woke up to look he saw that everything had a mate and if you know anything in the animal kingdom for every male there is a female for a doe there is a buck for a goose there is a gander for a hen there there is a there is a male every everything in the animal kingdom has a has a has a partner and may I say that usually in the animal kingdom the male is much better looking than the female. If you look at the buck compared to the doe, if you look at the peacock compared to the hen, and I, I guess that's just God's sense of humor. I'm, just God just does stuff that I think is funny and cool. But aren't you glad that your wife is much better looking than you? Aren't you? Aren't you glad that she compliments you and she makes you she makes you look good? But what is what is so cool is that when God looked when when, when man looked around. He noticed there was no companion for himself. It doesn't say that he complained and whined, but he probably did because that's what guys do. It's all about us. If we don't get our way, we're going to whine. We're going to complain. And the whole world should stop and cater to our needs and our, and our wants. And our, Come on, am I preaching to any wives today in the building? It's all, it's all about us. So the Bible says that God put Adam asleep. You know why? Because he didn't need man's help. God did not need man's help to build what he wanted to build. Aren't you glad that God, God didn't need your help to bring you the companion he brought you? And don't you think that God did a good job? Why would it be a good hand to wave your hand and say, preach for real loud!" Thanks. Preach on, Pastor. You're preaching good now. And so when God when God created Adam and Adam began to name the animals and realized that this is going to take a long time unless he had some help, God puts Adam to sleep and God takes his finger and God cuts him. We're not sure where God cuts Adam. We know that God cuts Adam somewhere in the area of the ribcage. So whether it was to the side or to the middle or whatever, the King James says that God took out a rib. The Hebrew says that God took out the womb. So a man that was complete, a man that needed no assistance, needed no help, God made him to need something. God made him to need someone. The Bible says whoever finds a wife finds a good thing. When God brings that wife into your life, that's a good thing. That's a blessing that God has for you because God knew what it was like to experience loneliness. And so in the beginning, God decided, I'm going to create something that I can love. I'm going to create something that I can bless, something that I can have that will worship me. And that's why man was created. That's why we were birthed. That's why we are a generation now that's unafraid to praise and worship God. And when you step into a marriage, it's all about creation. It's all about creating moments. It's all about creating things in your marriage that are blessed and good. And I'm not preaching on marriage today, but I just thought it's interesting to know that marriage doesn't just happen. It's something that you build. It's something that you invest in. It's something that you're you're, you're never done working. You're never done trying to, trying to seek things out, trying to do things. Let me tell you something. About the time you figure a woman out, they change the rules. And they do not give you an upgrade to your software, you're on your own, you're supposed to figure all that out by yourself. And that's what makes them so unique, that's what makes them so exciting, that's what makes them so wonderful. And that's why it should be the desire of every man to someday have a house with a little fence and a little porch and to be able to sit on the front porch and drink iced tea waiting for the grandkids to come over and looking at your wife and asking her to remind you the names of your grandkids because you've got Alzheimer's and you've forgotten half of them. That's why it's important in the last days to sow into a family so that you'll have a wife or a husband to enjoy. So when God cut Adam and took what made him complete and made him incomplete, See, man was created, but woman was built, and there is a difference. I promise you, man would just, God just formed and slapped them together, but with the woman, God took some extra time. God put some extra stuff in there. God put some extra feelings, some extra emotions, some extra love, some extra tenderness. <coughs> I'm preaching good now. God, God, was, God got so excited about creation, he just kind of whipped man out, made out of dirt and mud, but with the woman... He got a little bit more detailed. And hey, guys, aren't you glad that he did? I said, guys, aren't you glad that he did? So God went to extra trouble to make a companion. And you've heard me say this if you've been with me a while. When Adam woke up and saw his wife, he immediately named her. Whoa, man. <laughs> Whoa, man. Get it? Whoa. Never mind. The Greek for woman, the Greek for woman is is she. And Adam woke up and said, is she for me? And God said, she is for you. That is your companion. Go and multiply the earth. That means have a lot of sex. Go have fun. Rejoice. Celebrate. All that stuff. So notice this. Every time, every time, there were two rivers that that were the boundaries of Adam and Eve's home. Every time that Adam went to the river and splashed water on his face or took a drink and saw his reflection, he saw a scar. And every time he saw that scar, did not have a belly button, but had a scar. And every time he saw that scar, he remembered that God made companion just for him. So in a garden, look at somebody say, in a garden, God cut man to provide a companion. On a cross, man cut God to provide companion. When the blood of Jesus hit the dirt of Calvary, Malchus, that Roman soldier that was responsible for driving the nails in his hands and his feet, said, truly this was the Son of God. And on that day, the first member of the New Testament church was was birthed. God allowed man to cut his son so that from the wounds of Christ, a church could be birthed, a bride could be birthed, and we are part of that bride. And aren't you glad that God allowed that to happen? He could have raised up 10,000 angels. He could have wiped out the Roman Empire, the Israeli Empire, he could have done anything he wanted to do, but he said, what should I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this hour came I into the world. He was born to die. That was his agenda. That was his whole itinerary. He knew there was going to come a time when he was going to lay down his life, and he was going to lay it down for you and I. Aren't you glad that he did? When we talk about heaven, we're talking about scar, we talk about heaven, we talk about Streets of gold. It's it's very ironic that we measure gold by the ounce. God measures gold by the truckloads. I mean I don't know how many truckloads of gold it took to pave the streets of gold, but God has paved the streets of gold the streets of heaven with gold. That's because gold, are you ready for this? Is the softest metal to walk on. Think about it. Gold is the softest metal made. To walk on, so God didn't want you to get your feet bruised. He wants you to enjoy walking on the streets of gold. The foundations of God's heaven is diamond. Okay, we use concrete to build foundations for our buildings and our houses. God uses diamond. How many knows that God is not in, in God's not in a financial crunch right now? How many knows that God's not on a budget right now? How many knows the heaven is the earth is the Lord's his footstool. All the cows, all the hills, all the gold beneath, all the sky above, all the oil, all the gas, all that belongs to God. He lets us use it for a season, but it belongs to Him. So when you think about God, when you go into the the, the house of God, there are 12 gates, and the Bible says the gates, and I don't know how big God's gates are. If you can imagine how big the gates are to, 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 to heaven, the city, four square, but the Bible says the gates are made of pearls. Isn't it funny? We use pearl as earrings. God uses pearls as gates. I mean, how cool is that? When you talk about the splendor of heaven, the Bible talks about the sea of glass, that when you look at the glass, it's so pure, it's so clear, you can look right through it. And when you talk about the the rivers of of heaven, you talk about the tree of life, you talk about the angels, the seraphims, the cherub, you talk about all, all the animals of heaven, all the splendor, all the beauty a new heaven, a new earth, all the great things that God did and Jesus said I go to prepare a place for you. The same way that God prepared a wife for Adam is the way that Jesus is preparing a house for us and how many knows he knows how to do a good job. And then He's been gone about 2,000 years and he's been working on a place for you and I to live forever. It's got gold, it's got jasper, it's got diamonds, it's got rubies, it's got pearl, it's got all of that. However, there is something in heaven that you and I did provide God. we helped God out. how many knew that? How many of the things in heaven that are there because of you and I would anybody like to guess what they are how many says, pastor I don't have a clue what you're ta- I don't have a clue what you're talking about. The Bible says that when Jesus appeared to the disciples on the, that evening that he resurrected, he looked at his hands, his scars and his hands and his feet the only thing that you and I contributed to heaven are scars. And for all of eternity, Jesus, whenever you see him, are going to have the scars to remind us of the price that he paid, so that we could be where we're at because of the price that he paid. And when you think about that price he paid for us to live forever with him, why cannot? Why can we not live for him now while we have a short span of time to do it on earth? I mean, is that a good word to anybody? So, so the the only the only things in heaven are scars on the body of Jesus that you and I had something to do with. But I'm glad that blood was shed. I'm glad those scars were made. I'm glad that he was wounded for our transgression. I, I'm glad that his, his his back was bruised for us. So we talk about scars. Does God have a scar? Absolutely. His son and his body is scarred for all of eternity for you and I. In Second Corinthians the third, the third chapter, I wanted to bring attention to this passage of Scripture. And there was a reason why this passage of Scripture was, was important to me it's the writings of Paul, and I don't know how to I don't know how to describe Saul before he was transformed. There are things in the Word of God that you have to ponder. Okay. How did Adam know to cut the umbilical cord? I mean I mean when you when you when you live your life, there's so many things we take for granted, but in the days of the Old Testament, how did they know to do all that stuff? Saul was on a mission. Saul thought that he was sanctioned by Almighty God, and Saul was dealing with this cult. It was a Jesus cult, and everybody that professed to know Jesus or to serve him, Saul was going out of his way to kill them. He had an order by Nero that authorized him to go into any home that was Christian, break down the doors in the middle of the night, go into the home, Load up the moms, load up the dads, load up the children. A lot of the, the dads were dipped in oil and they were placed in Nero's garden at night. Nero would light these the human torches so he could see his beautiful garden, one of the seventh wonders of the world. The the, 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 the moms were fed to lions, the kids were turned into gladiators. You, you guys know the story. He broke up hundreds of homes, was responsible for thousands of people to die. In Galatians 1 and 13, he used a mafia term. He says, You've learned in the Jews' religion how that I wasted the church of God and persecuted it. This is a guy thinking he was doing all the right things. He thought that he was saying all the right stuff. And then he gets a license. He's responsible for the death of Stephen. He gets a license to go to Damascus and kill all the Christians. And on the road to Damascus, he is all of a sudden overwhelmed by the voice of God and, and the voice of Jesus, Paul, and says, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who is this? who is who, who am I talking to? And he said it's Jesus and you're driving the goats or you're driving the the pricks in my hands And so I wonder if it was not the scars that was not quite healed that the, that Saul was dealing with that Saul was messing with. Jesus telling Saul, you're causing me hurt, you're causing me pain because you're hurting my body. you're hurting the church. you see that? See, when we... You've got to catch us right here. When we hurt, he hurts. When Saul was killing Christians, it hurt Jesus to such a degree that he comes down and manifests his presence to Saul, strikes him with blindness, and what is so wild is that everybody in the vicinity heard the sound but did not, see the, did not see the light. There are times when God will speak to you, others will hear a sound, but they won't know what God is saying. That's between you and the Lord. Does that help anybody in the house? And so so Saul said, what should I do? And Jesus told Saul, go to this house and wait there. And I'm going to send you somebody. He's blind. He waits. He goes. God sends Ananias, Ananias prays. Saul uh, Paul, Saul gets his name changed to Paul. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. I want to read from the first. I want to read from the, the very first verse. Does it sound like we're patting ourselves on the back, insisting on our credentials, asserting our authority? Well, we're not. Neither do we need letters of endorsement either to you or from you. You yourselves are all the endorsement we need. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Watch this. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink but with God's living spirit, and not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives, and we publish it. Look at pastor just for a minute. A tattoo artist will use ink. A sculpture will use a chisel. The Bible says that God uses himself to write on your heart things about him that we are a letter that's supposed to be introducing other people to Christ. We don't need a letter of endorsement. We don't need a colleague certifying us or a mentor certifying us. God has done it. When we accepted Christ in our heart, all of a sudden, the Lord began to tattoo his word. He began to engrave his word on our heart. And people should be able to look at us. And I'm not talking about looking at us because we're dressed a certain way. Early church felt like that they had to have sleeves to their wrists, uh, sli- uh, uh, hems to their ankles, and all of that. It was all about dress. And you know what? It's, it is important to make sure you dress godly. When the missionaries went to Hawaii, they covered all the natives with mumus and now when the, the the tourists go to Hawaii, the natives cover the the tourists with muumuhs. <laughs> Some some completely. So it, it, it's 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 important that you dress God. It's important that your that that the way you dress is pleasing the Lord and it's not seductive in any way, shape, or form. But what God is saying, it's not your dress that people are going to know that you're Christians. They're going to know that you're a Christian because I have written things about myself on your heart, and they're around you five minutes, and they know you're of God. Listen, when you you if when you're around a Christian for five, it doesn't take five minutes to know. This guy is different. This girl is different. They talk different. They act different. They respond different. Their focus is different. Their priorities are different. And that's why God said that every time we're in the presence of God, God writes things about us. Every time we go from glory to glory, we become stronger, more focused, more able to do what God has called us to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to um, ask some kids to help me today uh, this, past, this past weekend we had 33 kids that went to um, uh, Alabama. Was there a part of the ministry? And We thank God for what getting. And it was obvious that every service God did something different. So know today that when these kids share their testimony, two things are happening. Number one, we become stronger, knowing that God has a generation of young people. He's not afraid to use. And listen, none of these kids know that I'm about to do this. So, and I know, and I want them to feel free that they don't, they don't have to accept if they want to. But I just, I just thought that maybe. Taylor, have you got something you'd like to share what God did yesterday? Can we give the Lord a hand? I can't appreciate it. He comes. Yeah. Go ahead and share your heart. Hello. Um, Taylor, do I have to use this? No. Are we, are we uh, podcasting? Better use
1: it. I've uh, went to church with my parents for uh, pretty much my whole life. Never really believed anything, <laughs> to be honest. But um, whenever they was moving here, I wasn't going to move. I was going to stay back home. And uh, I woke up one day, and I used drugs and just about everything you'd possibly be addicted to. And uh, something just was different. My friends was there, you know. They was like, hey, here you go, man. And I was just like, you know, I, I can't use that. I don't know why, but I, I something's different, man, you know. And, uh, anyway, so I moved here with my mom and, uh, I swore I wasn't going to come to church. I was like, uh, nah, uh, and, uh, it was a Wednesday night whenever like we she's coming and, uh, she's about to leave and I just felt sick. I was like, I have to go. And, uh, I came and, uh, I didn't really, you know, like right away believe or nothing, but I just, I felt like, I don't know, at home, if you will. And, uh, I didn't really go to the youth or nothing. And, uh. Pastor Bryce invited me, you know, to go with this trip on him, and I was like, no, and, you know, like, I said at home, and I was like, man, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, man, and then, like, it was just, like, out of nowhere, I was like, all right, I'm going, and I was like, why did I say that? I'm not going, (laughs) and, uh, anyway, so then I go, and then I'm, you know, I'm trying to be open-minded as much as I can, you know, like, uh, my my real problem was always, like, you know, like, the, the praise, you know, like, uh, just really couldn't get into it, and so I just closed my eyes and acted like no one else was there, just tried my absolute best to praise, and uh, then they had a, I think it was the second day, they had an altar call. I don't even know what was said, and I really didn't plan on going up there, and uh, anyways, there was people around me, I had my eyes closed, and uh, all of a sudden, man, like, I just started moving, and uh, I opened my eyes, and there was a little girl fell down in front of me, and I was like, oh my gosh, and then I was at the altar, and then next thing I know, I was like, how did I get up here? And, uh, I just, I, I can't really explain, like, uh, I've done drugs and everything, but there's always, like, whenever you're, you know, you're high, you're like, you know, this ain't, this isn't what, what I thought it was going to be. And then you do it again, you're like, man, it's still not what I was going to be, you know? And, uh, but, it I don't know, like a, a hunger, I guess, what you call it, but it's like, a, you, you, you feel the Lord, and then it's like, it's like a drug, just like that feeling, only it's like, man, I know next time, It's gonna be like crazier, you know. It's like I'm gonna get higher, you know what I mean? And uh, it's about the best drug I think I've ever had. (laughs) So,
0: thank you, Taylor, to share his testimony. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. if the next 20 years of our life nothing happens for Ron and I that's worth it all that's worth it all that's that's worth it all right there and see his his testimony i mean we know the world right now is looking for what we've found the world is looking for it and they're experiencing with with drugs and alcohol there's a there was a news stat that i received this week that in the year 2010 47,800 kids overdosed On prescription drugs, not illegal drugs. In 2010, 46,000 people died because of drunk drivers. That's 90,000 people in 2010. That's the population of Cleveland, Tennessee. If you can imagine waking up tomorrow and this entire city being wiped out dead, That's what drugs and alcohol did to our nation. That's why if ever we had a song to sing, we need to sing it. If ever we had a story to tell, we need to tell it. Because if we don't tell it, kids like Taylor are going to overdose, looking for God in all the wrong places, looking for what God has. And now this is a brand new journey for him. Now there's things. He said something that, that, Missy, we have shared for years. It is so easy to worship the God of your parents You go to your parents' church, you sit in their row, it's their pastor, it's their songs. And so you you go and you get accustomed to all of that. But there's got to come a time when when Taylor said, I just stood still, shut my eyes, acted like no one else was around, and then just began to worship. And see what God did. So God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He's not hiding, but 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 seeking. If you if you'll take that step, if you if you if you'll begin to pursue, if you just if you just step out of the box a little bit, He'll find you where you are. He'll find you wherever you are, whether you're in a gutter or a penthouse, and He'll take you where He's at. And it doesn't get any higher than a holy goes high. Someone say Amen. Jonathan Cedar Quest, would you feel comfortable coming and sharing what God did? You stand right next to me, I'll hold your hand and and uh, let you drink some of my water. This is brand new for these kids. This is brand, come on, Jonathan, just you and me. Just, just tell me what you're, come and talk to me. Let's give it up for Jonathan. Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. What did God do this weekend?
1: Like, I've been praying for my mom because every day, like, she's terrible. Like, I
0: don't know say Every day, like, we always get in arguments and, like, it just hurts. I've been praying for my mom and I was praying for her at the altar call and, like, somebody told me she's going back. She's going to be coming back to church. Thank you, That's all. Listen, it doesn't take a whole lot. That's all it takes. Jonathan's mom rented a house from me, and immediately I, I just fell in love with Jonathan and Ashley, and we started doing stuff together, sold them my dirt bike. Ashley's been on the jet skis. That's another story we'll save for later. But uh, their parents will come, when we invite them. If the kids are doing something special, we invite them. They will come. And we just believe in, in Jesus' name that Jonathan and uh, that that Joni and Jay are coming back to the Lord. They're going to serve God and worship God and give their heart to the Lord because they see the change in His life, what God is doing, the change that that God is doing in His life. Matt, you feel you feel comfortable? Come up, stand by me. Tell me what God did. God do something cool this weekend? Let's give it up for Matt. By the way, I love your hair. I too stuck my finger in the socket but didn't quite do that. Uh I don't know really what to say. what What? you feel?
1: Well, when I was praying, uh That's they, a yeah. When I was praying, like they told us to stand up and like sit back. Like I stood up and I could not move. Like I fell right back down. It's hilarious. But like like the feeling, like it just overwhelmed me. Like, nothing ever had done that. But, like, it was like a shock through me. Or so bad enough.
0: Wow. Did you sense that this morning while you're praising? Did you feel like you touched God this morning? Yeah. So every time you come to His presence, you just get stronger and stronger. Right. And something about... God, it doesn't have to be a certain song or a certain place or a certain speaker, it's not Damon or Karen, it's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And if you'll know that anytime the two of you get together and begin to praise, you can have that. I mean, I mean, I mean, God wants you to experience the joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can't explain right now, you can't really explain what happened to you. That's the joy unspeakable, that's the hide the world's looking for. Have every right, not just to share that with your friends, but to expect when you pray for your friends, God do this to them when they come. It will happen. The word Matthew means called out. You're called. You're called of God to share that what you experience now. You can't bogart it. How many of You can't. You can't hoard it. You can't hide it. You've got to give it away as quickly. You're a river, and what you got this week, and you give it away, and then you empty yourself, and God give you twice as much as you give. Thank you, Can we give the Lord a hand, a clap of praise? Christine was so sensitive to the Lord. She went to every altar call. Depression, suicide, sexual challenges, every everything. She just wanted what God had for her. Christine, would you like to come and share what happened this week? You want Cece to walk with you? What did you feel God did this weekend? What did you feel when you were praying? You What did the music
1: I guess he just set me free from fear.
2: And they had a um a altar call for um fear and me and Cece went up there and I guess we both got actually saved.
0: So this is the third time now. That what, what kind of fear? Would, would, like fear at night, or fear of failing, or fear that you're going to say things about you? What, what fear do you feel? All those the third things. one. The third one. The fear of pure pressure. Yes, of, sir. Afraid that people will make fun of you, maybe because you're a Christian, will make fun of
1: you Yes.
0: Of so and now you have no fear of telling people. who uh, Can you give a big shout? Jesus. No, big shout. Jesus. So oh, a big shout. Come on. One, two, three. I'll I'll have a big shout. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you. By the word of our testimony. This is what touches the heart of God is that and by way by the way, church, there were there were four that finances were where and you know we never finances are never up so the church sponsored four of these kids to go and be a part and that's what you do that's what you do with your tithe and offering that's what you do when you when you give uh, above and beyond that we are touching the heart and 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 now they know how to pray now they know how to find a place with god they know how to do devotion they know how, how to journal uh james can i put you on the spot come on james Just give it up for James. What you feel God did this week?
1: I was uh, just praying. Okay, and I was praying and just praying to God, asking Him to help me get closer with Him. Then all of a sudden, I just felt something come over my body, like a not like a coldness, but like a warmth. And I started to get cold bumps and then I just started to speak in tongues. And it was it, it was amazing. Had you ever spoken tongues before? No.
0: How'd you know what to say? I didn't. You just you started I,
1: I just I, I was like, What am I saying? <laughs> so Bryce, what
0: are you doing to these kids? I mean, hello, just rame tongues. Speaking. Well, how good is God how good is God so where where do we go from here one hour a week at church David where are you going okay just check it <laughs> get some coffee bring me back a cup with a little cream <laughs> so I can get away with that David won't get his fill hurt because he's dead right Carmen he's dead to the Lord right what do you have about Carmen he <laughs> looks so nice today, like a model sitting in the front row the um, an hour a week does not produce what you saw today. An hour and dropping them off at Wednesday night and headed on down the road—that's not—that's not what's happening here. When you have parents that are consistent, that are solid, stable, our kids need to hear us walking the halls of our houses, applying or pleading or however you want to bring the blood. They need to hear you talking about the blood. They need to hear about you building a hedge around them. You, they, they need to see your life. They need to see that when someone pulls out in front of you and you spill coffee on your lap, you don't speak in tongues. That other that other tongue. They they, they 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 need you to teach them. They don't know how to journal. They don't know it's like James said, Well, I don't where where the tongues come from. Where did and then we need to walk them through scripture and show them how as 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 Ethiopians have their own language. The Haitians have their own language. God's kids, we have our own language. It's a heavenly language that, that, that he teaches us and that we worship him in. It's not something you turn on and off like a light bulb, but it's something like he said, there was a, what came over him? A warmth. The warmth. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Bible said, cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them, and they were all filled. And so there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a way to seek after that, and I think Taylor said it best. I think Taylor said it, hey, I, I shut my eyes, I blocked out everything around me, and more or less said, God, if you're really real, if you're really there, then be real to me. And what is so wild, God never stops pouring. He'll let it run out and get on everybody else. He, never, he will never shut you off. God will never, God will never cut you off. Now, I know what it's like. I, I, I have a drug rehab and when kids are on medicine, I cut them off. I cut I, God will never cut you off. God will never cut you off when you're seeking him and pursuing him with all of your heart. So what do we learn about when we learn about scars? The only scar and only things in heaven are scars that, that, that we made, but those scars represent eternal life and eternal victory, eternal freedom. Somebody had to die so that somebody could live. And aren't you glad today that you are alive and that you will live forever? If you're sitting on the edge of your chair as a pastor, I went to Alabama, and I felt like the Lord told me I was supposed to testify, but you didn't call upon me, so I'm safe. But now I feel like God is nudging me. I feel like I'm not going to obey him if if I don't testify. Where are you? Is it Danette? Come on, darling. I've got, to brag. I've got to brag on Danette. Uh, about 15 years ago, I flipped a four-wheeler and uh, broke my back and wound up in the trauma unit, was in trauma for four days. I woke up to find my parents from California. Danette's uh, dad he, were best friends from Florida, and Pastor Ronald was there. I thought I was dying. I said, well, am I dying? They go, no. I said, well, can I have some water? So said, yeah, I have some water. So I woke up and, and, and saw the family. And then that night, I dreamed that Danette's mom, who has four boys, and they had two sets of boys in diapers at the same time. Does that make sense? Had two boys, and then six six years later, they had two more boys. And so when Kent walked in the room that morning, I said, hey, I dreamed that Kim was pregnant and going to have a child. And, of course, Kent said, get thee behind me, Satan, all that stuff you prophesied. But uh, the next day, Kent came in the hospital and said, Kim called she's pregnant I said I tried to tell you so this is the only this is the only niece or nephew that I prophesied that would be here Danette, what did uh, what and by the way she's killed a hog and a deer she's a murderer she's helped me protect the city of Cleveland what did God do yesterday
2: well um, I've always struggled struggled with fear and um, <laughs> um, they said to close your eyes and um, Look at yourself without any fear. And um so I did, and you know, I'm like on the floor and I'm my eyes are closed, and I saw myself in a, a yellow bus, and I had a, my camera around my neck. and um there was children and um, and old people and they were all on the bus, and everyone was crying, and I was telling them about the Lord. and I was in China, and I, we were actually driving on a mountain and I wasn't afraid, (laughs) and, um, so, I, you know, that really touched me, and I, um, I've always had a calling for China, and I've always wanted to go there, and, um, when I got up, I couldn't, my whole body was, like, numb, (laughs) so I was, like, okay, so I found a chair, and I laid down there, and, um, I started feeling like I couldn't breathe, and, um, I was gasping for air, and every time I. Every time I. In. And out, a fear, one of my fears came up. <laughs> <laughs> and in and out, and in and out, and over and over and over again. And when I tried to. Say okay, I'm ready to go to Pizza Hut. <laughs> I couldn't speak. I just I, I was getting so frustrated. I tried to speak English, and all that was coming out was tongues, singing in tongues, and <laughs> and um, I just felt so like clean and like nuts. I've never felt better. Like I just feel so good and so. I'm not scared, I'm not afraid, you know, and that I've needed that, and I've all, I've been praying for that for so long, and, and then um, I thought I was good, you know, and and then later again, <laughs> it hit me one more time, I was helping carrying Ann out of the church <laughs> at the ramp, and I, we could barely pick her up, as three of us, and um, then after that, um, Angel picked her up, and I started laughing so hard, he's like, "No, why are you laughing, and I was like, <laughs> I'm laughing. I get in the car and the last thing I remember is w we we're at the gas station, I was gonna use the restroom. And I fell out of the car. <laughs> and that's about the last I remember <laughs> of the night. So
0: Perfect love Hold on hold on a minute. Perfect love casts out all fear. And though all four of your brothers are praise and worship leaders writing songs, doing great things, what they're doing is dim compared to the door that God is getting ready to open for you. The price that you're going to have to pay to go to China, you're going to have to learn the language, you're going to have to learn their culture, you're going to have to let the Lord give you direction and wisdom. Not one dime of the money will you have to ask for. God will provide the money, the door will open, you will go. He'll let you go first and look to see the need and then you'll go back, and you will impact lives and change hearts in Jesus' name. Thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Anybody feel like an overcomer today? And they overcame the enemy by the word of the Testament, by the bullet of the Lamb. If you are struggling physically with anything in your body right now, Gary, I want you to stand. If you're struggling physically, there's something physically wrong with you this morning, I want you to stand. Kids that have That have been on the weekend. I want you to find someone standing. I want you to go lay hands on them. I want you to command. I want you to command the sickness to flee. I want you to command the hurt, the pain to be. I want you to command. I don't want you to patronize it. I don't want you to negotiate with it. I want you in Jesus' name. J.E. Can you come help me on the keyboard? I want you. I just want. That's it. Just, just. We got some over here. I want you to command. I want you to take authority. I want you to command. Montana if you'll come if you'll come and pray with Brenda over here the one that testified if you'll pray for her Command right now Christine command just command it to be gone in Jesus name Heavenly Father we have shared our testimonies you've raised up an army of young people we've worship you for over an hour We've testified an hour. We've shared your word We've talked about how much it cost you to prove your love for us the scars your hands your feet and your forehead and your back inside, those scars will always be there. Always remind us of the price that you paid. It was it was a costly price. You humbled yourself and became obedient unto death. You tasted death for every man. You went to hell where sin goes, and you took away the keys of hell and of death. And today we honor you. This church honors you. This this congregation we honor you. We ask today that sickness, that 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 pain, that weariness, that frustration, anxiety, fear, dilemma, procrastination would be gone. That today that we'd experience your love and your power in such a way that the heat of the gospel would burn off infirmities, that the blood of Jesus would wash every wound clean, and the antiseptic of the Holy Spirit would bring healing, that we would leave today feeling better than when we came in and